Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. I hope this doesn't come as a surprise to anyone, is that it is Mother's Day today. So if you didn't know that, you're probably in trouble. Uh, But we do something every year for Mother's Day that I'm excited about. Uh, When we walk out of this room and go into that room, we have ice cream sundaes set up for everyone just to celebrate our mothers, to honor uh, honor our mothers. Uh, It's just like birthdays. On birthdays, the cake's for everybody. So the ice cream is for everyone. Stick around and celebrate with us. But we also have uh, different uh, necklaces and bracelets, and those are specifically for mothers. Uh, We try to get some for like every style. Uh, This one's pretty neat. Uh, It's got a mustard seed inside it, and it's just a constant reminder of the the mustard seed faith. So that'll all be set up right after service. So again, uh, we just want to say, mothers, we appreciate you, we we love you, and we want to honor you today. Okay, Lord, I pray for your presence this morning. I pray you speak uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, With that all said, we're going to continue our series. We started last week. It's called Priceless. Uh, And what we're doing is we're looking at some of the the fundamental principles and practices of Christianity, and we're just asking the question, is a very healthy question of how am I doing in this area, this fundamental practice of Christianity? And last week, we looked at prayer. Uh, Prayer is that facet of Christianity that everyone would agree is extremely important, and probably everyone would agree, I don't do it enough. Uh, And that's just prayer. So we looked at the four areas of prayer that should be present in our lives on a continual basis. And we said it should start with thanksgiving. There should always be intercession. Uh, There should be relational prayer to grow in our relationship with God. And then I encourage you to have big prayer, a prayer that cannot be answered by coincidence, but has to be uh, answered by uh, Almighty God. So today... We're looking at another fundamental practice of Christianity, uh, and it's one that I think most of us, uh, not to, not, I don't want to upset anyone, but uh, I think most of us are horrible at it. And for full disclosure, your pastor is pretty bad at it, uh, but I'm working on it. In fact, I told Emily this week, I said, I've never been so convicted in my life preparing a Mother's Day message. Uh, but it's a message that I intentionally moved to this week on Mother's Day because I think it's something that mothers uh, especially also need to practice And husbands, there's no greater gift that you can give your wife than helping her to establish this. And today we're talking about the value of Sabbath. Uh, Today we're going to look at the biblical precedent for Sabbath. What does it mean for you? What might it look like? And I'll go ahead and tell you what we're not going to talk about today. Uh, We're not talking about this in the context of, well, when's Sabbath? Is it Saturday or Sunday? Let's go back through history and all of these things. Today we're just talking about the practice of the Sabbath. Um, The Bible says that to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy uh, is the fourth of the Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses. And its very placement in Scripture is pretty interesting Uh, Because we have three commands that concern our relationship with God. And then after the command of the Sabbath, we have six commands that uh, refer to our relationship with one another. And bridging those commands between God and between man is the command to honor the Sabbath and to keep it holy. And of the Ten Commands... Uh, of the Ten Commandments given to Moses, the Sabbath was also the only one that is pictured for us, uh, and it's ingrained in the very story of creation. So that's where we're going to start this morning, all the way back in the story 
of creation. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 tells us about the six days of creation. God creates the heavens and the earth, and he creates the waters and the sky, the animals and the birds and so on. And then we come to the seventh day. Most of you know what happened on the seventh day, but I'm going to show you uh, uh, maybe some things you haven't seen before, a few things that I had never seen before until this week. We find it in Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested from all of the work of creating that he had done. Now, a few things that I just want to show you here. The word here where it says that God rested from all he had done is the, the Hebrew word Shabbat, which is where we get the word Sabbath. Uh, so it's the English word Sabbath, and in Scripture, it is a verb. It's, it's not necessarily a noun. It's usually a verb. So Genesis 2 actually says when God finished his work the first six days, he Sabbath. He Sabbathed. He rested. Now, now, the first thing I want you to see is that the second thing is what we have in this passage of Scripture is the first reference in all of the Bible to the word holy or holiness. Uh, holiness is found in the Bible well over 500 times. It's a constant thing, uh, a theme. Hebrews chapter 10 says that you and I as believers, uh, we've been made perfect in Christ and we're being made holy uh, today. So it's the kind of the process of sanctification. We're being made holy. Isaiah chapter 6 says there are an angelic beings above the throne of God, and day and night and night and day, they're crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It's a word that simply means set apart, uh, separate, unlike all of the others. And it's the word used to describe what's happening to us as believers. It's the word used to describe our almighty God. And it's the word that the Bible uses to describe this day that God set apart. The Sabbath day is to be holy, a day that's unlike all of the other days, it's a day of rest. And thirdly, I just want to point out that you and I, the Bible says, have been created in the image of God. Uh, what that means is if he rested on the seventh day and then created you in his image, you are designed to have Sabbath rest in your life. Uh, you're designed that not to go, go, go. If you go and go and go and go, what happens because you're designed this way is your immune system weakens, you become sick, and your body forces you to Sabbath. Have you ever thought of that? Your body will force you to Sabbath if you refuse to Sabbath. So just take a Sabbath. Sabbath rest is not lazy. It is godly and it is biblical. Now, what exactly is Sabbath rest? Uh, as I said, it comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, and it's actually a word that, that can be translated a few different ways, four different primary ways, and we're going to look at all four of them because uh, of these four tra translations of the, this word, I don't think we're supposed to say, okay, well, which one is the right answer? I think we're supposed to understand all four of them are elements of the Sabbath. So we're going to look at them. The first is perhaps the simplest but it's also the hardest to do, and it simply means stop. The, the Hebrew word Shabbat means to so, stop or to cease. Now, now, here's the problem with the command to stop. This is so un-American. Uh, a, a recent study found that 87% that, uh, of the workforce works more than 40 hours a week. 
Uh, and even when we're not in the workplace physically, we're there mentally. Uh, so if you look at kind of the, the inventions that we have in our pockets today, like smartphones, laptops, when they created these, uh, the idea behind them was that they would save us time at work. But instead, what's the first thing you look at when you get out of bed in the morning? Do I have any emails? Do I have any messages? We are constantly in this place of work. And it's un-American, which is not always a bad thing, by the way, but it's un-American to get out of that mindset of work. But I want to show you something. Uh, it's fascinating to me in Leviticus chapter 18 that God spoke to Moses. Uh, beginning in verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You must not do as they do in Egypt, where you used to live, and you must not do as they do in the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you. Do not follow their practices. You must obey my laws and be careful to follow my decrees. I am the Lord your God. I love that as God delivers the people out of Egypt, he says, look back at how they live. That's not for you. And where you're going right now, that's not for you either. Actually, I have designed something specifically for you. And we might look around in the world today and, and in our nation and say, okay, people are work, 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 work. Uh, they're delivering packages on Sunday. I know that one very well. But uh, we, we're working on Sundays and we're, we're, we're constantly working. But God has a specific design for all of us. And it seems that we would take this passage of Scripture where God has called us to live elsewhere and, or, or, or in another way, and we would say, okay, God says don't murder. I'm good with that. Don't lie. I'm good with that. Don't commit adultery. And we go through nine of the Ten Commandments, and we'll stand on those, and we'll say amen to that. But then when God commands a Sabbath rest, we're like, eh, that one's not as important. How can it be important to rest? It's important because God designed you for it, church. All right, now, now we assume that the more time we spend working uh, will we'll translate to an increased productivity, but they've done studies on this as well. I, I think it was Microsoft that did this study. You can't quote me on that. Uh, but they did this study where they, they increased the work week of their employees from 40 hours a week to 50 hours a week uh, just to see what happened with productivity. What they found is by increasing the amount that they worked, productivity went down and mistakes went up. And then they went back to 40 hours. They found it to be more productive. Then they did something really interesting. They lowered it, I believe, to 32 hours a week, and they confiscated phones as people walked into the building. They said, we're going to take your cell phone away, put you to work for 32 hours. And they found that the productivity skyrocketed. <laughs> so it's not about the time, the more, more, more time you put into work. It's about the focus that you have while you're there. But we get into this mindset that says, I can't take a break. Who's going to provide for my family if I take a break? Who, who's going to uh, meet the expectations of my colleagues if, if, I, if I take a break? Or uh, I'll get a reputation of laziness. But uh, I want to show you something in Scripture, and this actually takes place prior to the Ten Commandments. So this is prior to the command to take a Sabbath. Uh, it happens in uh, Exodus chapter 16. And, and the Lord has delivered the people from Egypt. He's brought them into freedom, but they're wandering in the desert, and they're on the way to the promised land. And like they seem to always be doing in the book of Exodus, they're grumbling, they're arguing against the Lord, saying, I'm tired of eating this meat, give us something else. So in Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, God replies this way. It says, The Lord then said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. 
The people are to go out each day and to gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other day. So he says, I'm going to test them. I'm going to see if they'll follow my instructions to only gather enough for that day, except on the sixth day. And on that day, they'll gather double. And then we get to verse 17, and it says this, The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who had gathered much did not have too much. The one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, No one is, is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Mo Moses was angry with them. Now, this is an important part of the story, not just because the people are, uh, are disobedient to God's command, to Moses' command, but also because we see what happens to manna if you leave it overnight. If you leave manna overnight, it's filled with maggots and begins to smell. So on to verse 22. It says, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person, and the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and, and keep it until morning. Now, let's stop right there. Moses says, this is to be a day of rest. This is to be a holy Sabbath. Remember what that means. This day is not to be like the other days. This day is to look different from all of the others. And we see at the center of this, the, uh, God is saying this is all about rest. Uh, and this, by the way, is the second meaning of the, the word Sabbath. When you go back to the translation, it first means to stop. And second, it means to rest because you might be able to do one without the other. You can just stop. But we're actually called to enter into a posture of rest. Uh, on to verse 24, it says, So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Now, uh, I don't want you to miss here, uh, this here because, because this command to gather more on the sixth day and rest on the Sabbath actually took a lot of trust. Uh, the people at this point, they know what happens to maggot or, or, or to, to manna if you leave it overnight. It's filled with maggots. It begins to stink. So the people, uh, because of that disobedience, they understand what should be taking place. But God is saying, basically, no, I'm blessing it this time. And I'm calling you to do it this time. And, and trust me in that. Now, on to verse 25, eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now the language, if you go back to that verse, uh, um, Greg, a couple verses ago, um, verse 29 the, the language that Moses uses here uh, when he says that God has given you the Sabbath is actually in the language of a gift. I have given you 
the gift of the Sabbath, or I have permitted you a Sabbath. So it's not a, a command language or a demand language. It's I have given you this gift. Um, that, now you can uh, leave here today asking the question, are we really required to keep the Sabbath? If you leave asking that question, you've missed the whole point because Sabbath is a gift. The rest is a gift, and it's, it's a, a gift that you have been designed for. Uh, it's one that is actually in our hearts, and we long for it. That's why if you turn on the TV and there are commercials, usually you see people in the commercials that are like so relaxed. They have the Sabbath rest because, you know, they have the product that will give you the Sabbath rest that your heart desires. God placed that desire there. You're just not going to get it from, I don't know, e-cigarettes or whatever the 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 ad is for so sabbath rest is a gift uh, and i think of one of the most beautiful uh, promises that jesus made uh, in matthew chapter 11 he said come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me i am uh, for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, what's uh, interesting about this story here, uh, all of us know this passage. Uh, most of us do. Do you know what comes directly after this passage? God goes, or Jesus goes immediately into two stories about the Sabbath. Right after this passage, right after those words, he starts talking about the Sabbath. And when he's done, he talks more about the Sabbath because these two uh, are related, the rest that we find in God. Uh, Mark 2.27 reminds us that the Sabbath uh, was made for us. We weren't made for the Sabbath. He says the Sabbath was made for man. Church, this is a gift for you. Uh, I have a, a birthday coming up, and uh, Emily and I have reached a point in our relationship where when we have a birthday coming up, uh, I'll just put what I want in the cart, and I'll say, hey, go buy it when I'm not looking, and hey, we're all set. Uh, I think that was her idea because I swung and missed so many times, but... <laughs> Uh, so I know that this week I've got some fishing lures coming my way, and, and I'm not going to open those up and say, am I required to use these? Are you, are you going to make me use No, because that is a gift, and I cannot wait to use them. I cannot wait to do it. But sometimes we approach the Sabbath that way and say, are you really going to force me to rest? And God says, it's a gift. Why would you not enter into the gift that I have given you, and simply trust me. Uh, two things that we see in this story uh, of the Israelites and the manna is, is, first, it requires trust. The second thing, don't miss this, uh, is it actually requires preparation. Uh, they have to gather more on the sixth day so that they can rest well on the seventh day. They actually had to work harder on the other day so that God would sustain them with the manna on the seventh. So, uh, Sabbath is not something that's just going to happen in your life. You're not going to wake up one morning and say, I think I'll Sabbath today. Actually, biblical Sabbath takes preparation. So if you're in this place and you hate to cook, then the day before you choose to Sabbath, you want to prepare and say, I'll have a frozen meal, I'll go to a restaurant, or I'll cook now and just have to heat it up. You actually prepare for the Sabbath. Uh, you know what is rest for you and what is not. So you might be the other end of the spectrum and love to cook. So uh, if, if you get to the point where you're saying, what am I allowed to do today and what am I not allowed to do? Then again, 
you've kind of missed the point of the Sabbath. It's not a legalistic of what am I allowed to do. You know what is rest for your heart. Uh, we sometimes focus on something called opportunity cost, which is the idea of if I rest today, what's it costing me by not working? What am I not gaining? And there was a, a really interesting study done, I think it was in 2014, uh, on the Seventh-day Adventist. Now, if you don't know who Seventh-day Adventists are, they're, they're a, a denomination of Christianity that uh, probably the only one that practices the Sabbath rigidly. They're, they're very intentional about practicing the Sabbath. Uh, they practice it uh, from Saturday to, to sun, into Sunday, I believe. Um, but there was a study done on the life expectancy of those who practice the Seventh-day Adventist uh, denomination. And what they found was that in that denomination, the life expectancy is about 10 years longer than the average American. Now, let me tell you why that's so fascinating to me. Uh, we are called biblically to Sabbath with one-seventh of our life, if you think about it. One out of every seven days we're called to Sabbath. And if you look at our life expectancy right now in America, it comes out to about 10.8 years. What's going on here is those who practice the Sabbath, they've done a study on this and they found that that one-seventh of their life that they set aside for God, God gave them that. And then he gave them an additional one-seventh of their life on top of that. He said, that is so so amazing to me. And by the way, if you look in the, the news into these articles, I, I, I studied on it a little, little bit, they'll say, oh, the Seventh-day Adventists, they live longer because they don't smoke. I mean, they'll, they'll come up with, with many reasons. I think it's because they're, they're living by this rule of Sabbath. I mean, how many of us stress and anxiety is taking life or years off of our life? But we're stressing over it seven days a week. And we're saying, if I don't stress over it, who's going to stress over it for me? But God has designed us to stop and to rest. And the, the third word in this translation uh, of the Hebrew word Shabbat is the word to delight. So we're supposed to, as a part of this Sabbath rest, stop and rest and delight in God. And the fourth kind of goes along with it. So this is the fourth word to worship, to stop and rest and delight and worship. And it's really interesting. Uh, we, we all know that the Ten Commandments are in Scripture. Did you know, though, that the Ten Commandments are actually given twice in Scripture? Uh, the first time in Exodus 20, the second time in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And when, they, uh, when God gives this command to honor the Sabbath, he actually gives a different reason in those two instances for why we should honor the Sabbath. So uh, I want to show those to you. The first one's in Exodus chapter 20. Beginning in verse 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. For in six, uh, in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. In Exodus chapter 8, the reasoning that we enter into a Sabbath rest is because we're created in the image of God and he rested on the seventh day. But then when we get to Deuteronomy chapter 5, it's repeated in verse 12, it says, uh, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. 
And then this is the reason it's given this time. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Sabbath is not just a day to stop and to rest, but it's also a day to stop and remember all that God has done and to think of all that God has done, to delight in him and to worship him. Now, now Sabbath does not mean do nothing. Um, it's not something that we should force others uh, to, to make us do or to let us do. If I go home and I tell the kids, uh, find your own food, I'm Sabbathing. Uh, I, I, I've missed it, right? Because Jesus, he met needs on the Sabbath. It wasn't about blatant disregard for rest. It was when Jesus saw there was a need there, he met the need. Parents, feed your children on the Sabbath. That's not what I'm saying, but uh, I, I want to give you just a little bit of practical advice uh, before we close. Renee, you can go ahead and come up. Um, the, the biblical model for, uh, for Sabbath is actually from the evening of one day until the evening of the next. So just reading some books on Sabbath, this has been some of the most practical advice they could give is uh, the easiest way might be for you to say, hey, from Friday after dinner until Saturday at dinner. So what that does is it allows you to get rid of all the dishes on Friday, to get everything cleaned up on Friday, enter into rest, go to sleep, wake up, and you don't have to stress about everything that's not done. You just rest. And you know if there's anything, it can wait until after dinner that night. And that evening, um, you, you can do what needs to be done. I've already said, but Sabbath should not be practiced from a place of legalism, uh, we shouldn't be asked, what am I allowed to do? What am I not allowed to do? We've missed the point, but it should be done with a posture of rest, a posture of delight and worship. Sabbath is intentional. It's not taken from you. It's something that you freely give uh, the time. Uh, and, and another something that, that you might have heard of is the J-curve. So they've done these studies on when you're trying to learn something new, practice something new. It's kind of like a J-curve. You go down, and then you come up. In other words, you're going to be pretty bad at it at first. And it might feel like at first, this is a waste of time. I'm not good at this. Um, anytime you're learning something new, that's usually how it starts. You're bad at first, and you learn how you're designed to do it, and then you get good at it. So I encourage you to Sabbath. And when you stink at it at first, to keep Sabbathing. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, you can stand with me, church. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, the, the, the writer says this. He says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work just as God did from his. And he says this, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. Uh, different translations say, let us strive to enter that rest. Let us actually work for entering the rest of God. It's not just going to come at you if you put nothing into it. You have to make the decision that uh, God can provide for me if I take this day off. Lord, I, I thank you that, that you have designed us, Lord, in certain ways and with certain desires that only you can fulfill uh, that only your word can tell us uh, how to fulfill. And I pray that we would have wisdom, Lord, that uh, we would see where we need to take breaks, 
be times where, where we're met with shame and feel lazy, but we, we would be met with restoration and with peace, God. this morning as, as you leave today um, talk to them about Sabbath uh, because this is a family thing this is a community thing uh, in, in scripture they Sabbath together uh, you're probably not going to be able to have a husband Sabbath one day and a wife Sabbath the other the family Sabbaths together so have that conversation of how do we get better at doing this how do we, how do we honor God doing this moving forward so right now, out, out in the uh, uh, foyer area, they're setting up ice cream sundaes for everyone. Uh, mothers, we want to honor you and, and uh, take, take some, some jewelry that uh, has blessed or, you know, something to remind you of God on it there. Um, Lord, this morning, we, we thank you for your presence. We thank you again for, for mothers that you've given us, mothers in this place. And I pray that this would be a day that they are honored, a day that they're met with your blessings, Lord. And I pray that uh, moving forward from this place, we can all enter into Sabbath, recognize our need for it, and do it well. Go with us as we leave this place, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, announcements. Dave's got the Saturday night thing else have a good week happy mother's day mike happy mother's day thank you for listening to this week's message don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week and as always from all of us at cranberry community church may god bless you